So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. <laughs> I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into? Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends tries to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week, it's Radiohead. My name is Dan, and I'm a member of an email group about mushrooms called the North Spore. <laughs> My name is Jimmy, and I'm at the point of Talk Me Into where I forget where I've already used the fun facts, so I'm probably going to start reusing them. Sorry. Hi, I'm Jess, and once while showing someone my leg tattoo, a pair of my underwear fell out of my pants. <laughs> my name is Jeff, and I'm going to see the boss on Broadway, baby! Woo! Oh. Bruce. So, Jess, I'm assuming they weren't the underwear you were wearing at the time. No, they were not. I was going to say, you have multiple <laughs> pairs? Like... No, they were not. It's honestly going to heart, like, it's going to haunt my nightmares <laughs> for the rest of my life, because this was a complete stranger. In the dairy section of Stop and Shop. <laughs> you have like underwear. A, do you have an underpants pocket? You just keep extra pairs just in case? Because no, uh, no, I know where she's coming from. It's a static it, cling issue. No, it's even worse. Oh, it's even oh. f***ing worse. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. I have to be careful. I swear <laughs> It's okay. So I, I was going back and forth between DC for a while. And these were my plain clothes. I came home took off the plain clothes, realized there's no food in the apartment. I'm like, God damn it. I have to go to the grocery store. Put back on the plain clothes, went to the grocery store, and I was wearing a Liberty tattoo hoodie. Mm. And it had like a really cool dinosaur in the back of it. Dinosaurs are cool. So this <laughs> guy are. came up to me, this big, huge dude. Oh my God. Like he came up to me and he was like, oh, Oh, I really like this hoodie. Is this a tattoo, please? Like, uh, I didn't want to talk to him, so I thought a picture is worth a thousand words. So like, I went here's to the tattoo. So, so I you went threw to a pair of underwear at him. <laughs> so I lift up my Adidas track pants, you know, leg. Yeah. And just a bright pair of blue underwear just rolled out <laughs> in front of this man. And the first three thing I did was just I just grabbed it with my my hand, continued showing off the tattoo. <laughs> just hope he didn't notice. But even worse, because I was just in such a state of shock, I shoved it back up my pant leg. Pant <laughs> leg. It's pretty bad. It's really good. It was. It's gonna haunt my nightmares. I hate. I'm like, gross. You're like halfway through your day at school, and then you realize your shirt is not inside out. Oh, and it's like oh. You're halfway through your day at work, and you realize your underwear aren't backwards. I've done that. Yeah, before I too, yeah. inside out. I go to the too. urinal, and I'm like, I can't. I can't get to it. I can't figure what, how. What's going on? Where's the slap? <laughs> I wish I could say this was making me feel better, but this man will remember me for the rest of his you life. You made his week. He probably told that story to everyone. <laughs> and I tell it to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Every week on the podcast, Talk Me Into, that we're on right now, we have a segment before the big boy segment where we talk ourselves into things. It uh, could be something small. The last week or so could be something big. 
uh could be something that we're just making up because we don't real we're not really talking ourselves <laughs> into anything that's kind of where i'm at right now um you guys you guys heard of dad bods right yeah oh yeah have you heard of the dad nod no no nope. so i think so i think i know where you're going with this oh is this where you like give an upward nod to other yep, dads in that's the grocery it. store mm-hmm. that's it it's a thing that yeah. is real that i wish wasn't real because uh you know when when you're a single guy and you look like me nobody pays attention to you and it's great you just float into the background anonymously as long as you're not doing something weird people don't care and you know i have a wife and like old women start approaching and you're like oh that's a that's a nice cart you have that i don't know like you're at the grocery store now that Sweet you have a cart, baby bro. yeah now you have a baby and everybody's like ah baby sorry to watch like we were walking the other day this lady drives by and she was like staring she's like baby!" and i was like have you never seen me? she was wearing a hat you can't even see her we were keeping her out of the sun like you're just uh, that's weird it's the but, anonymity it's just because you can't see it you can only imagine how great this baby is you can't so, help it it's a baby as you're, we're, we're walking on this trail it's a walking trail and we see up ahead another family and i go to Lindsay. i'm like oh my god they're gonna nod at me and i'm gonna have to nod back not even knowing it was a real thing this was a few months back when it first started getting warm mm-hmm. sure enough we get up there the dad looks directly in my eyes how's it going i was like how's it going? <laughs> then we kept walking could be worse you could get the questioning uncle stare which is like is he the father? That's what I get. <laughs> but it, it happens. So that happened. I was like, oh, man, is this a real thing? And as we see more dads with babies, mm. I just keep getting nods. So then I initiated a nod once. Oh, wow. I was like, how'd it go? That's huh? a big step. Nodded back. Nice. I didn't like it. Nice. I I'll high five you, but I didn't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Like, I don't want to have parent friends. I'm going to have to. Yeah. But I don't want. And Lindsay can't wait. Wait until play dates, bro. <gasps> oh, had one. Kind of. Wow. I had a friend come over. Your daughter can't even like sit up. By I had herself. a friend come over. She <laughs> has a, she has a five year old and whatever. They were just that's not a play date. a play date. But they were. She was still like, wow, look at the baby. And I was like, you're a baby. You're still a baby. So you know, it's it's. But that's an, a pre existing friend. I don't want new. I don't want to be a friend with somebody because they have a child. I mean, it's happen. you kind of already went through that once. Like I remember when you first got married. You. Jeff is a naturally like secretive person. Yes. And there'd be he always says this. Because you are. He is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are. It's not your fault. It's just like how you perceive your appearance just, to the I world. I don't like people. Yeah. So I'd be like, hey, you want to uh, do something? This is before pandemic. would be like, oh, I can't. I have plans. And I'd be like, oh, really? Like, we don't have plans ever. That's no, I don't. <laughs> My plans are with Dan. Yeah. So, so when if I tell plans, Dan I have plans, I'm like, whoa, I'm napping. He's like, I don't have plans. Yeah. So I'm like, what are your plans? Because we're at the level of friendship where I could say that. Yeah. And he's like um Lindsay and i are uh, <laughs> meeting up with a couple from work and i was like oh that's that's happening now oh yeah. you don't even realize I it don't know. you did make new couples friends well the pandemic they were work crushed friends. them they were work friends yeah. who were dating so i would have hung out with them anyway yeah mm-hmm. well the pandemic crushed those Thank relationships God, that was awesome <laughs> into oblivion yeah but that was great now you're gonna have uh parent friends yeah, I don't And wanna. literally your entire friendship is going to be based around those kids and well, you're going to have nothing in common with them I know. except for the fact that you have children the same like age. Like so far. Oh, the small talk. So yeah. Lindsay, oh, Lindsay yeah. has a friend who had a baby a couple weeks later. Pre-existing friend. You have a baby. Great. I had a friend from my last job who had a baby a month after me. Still haven't hung out with him. He's fully <laughs> vaccinated. I don't want to. He's my friend and I don't even want to hang out with him. Your I entire friendship with these people is going to be based around what products you use and like... <laughs> 
how so your true. baby's number twos it's are going. so accurate. Well, yeah, kind of. Oof. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't Oof. know, man. Has yours been like a little pasty recently? My greatest fear <laughs> is I'm walking down like a, a trail and there's a dad with a baby and he nods and then he's like, hey, you want to hang out sometime? <laughs> No, I don't want to hang out. I don't fear. want to just gather uh, Jeffrina close yeah. to you and just run down the trail. Now <laughs> I jump into the lake. <laughs> Dan, Dan, let's move on. Yeah, okay. I'm done. So dad nods. I have a quick one, um, and not as funny probably, but this week I'm talking myself into listening to Seven Inches. So okay. I have a pretty large seven inch collection of music that's important to me, mm -hmm. but I don't play it that often. Because it's annoying. Yes. Yeah. I feel you. I when listen I to listen to records, it's when I want to listen to something long form while I'm cooking, mm -hmm. while I'm cleaning, while I'm reading. So the idea of popping on a seven inch and three minutes later getting up to change the side and then three minutes later getting up to put on a new seven inch mm -hmm. is very frustrating. It is. Yeah. But I realize that I'm missing out, like, most of the time, the reason why I buy 7 inches or 45 songs. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the only way you can hear them. Correct. So I have tons of stuff that I'm just, like, not listening to <laughs> because I don't feel like changing the record. So now I'm trying to give myself, like, time periods where I'm, like, actively listening, which is something that I don't do a lot. Where I'm like, hey, I'm just going to listen to these records I now. do it all the time. I love it. I love flipping them over and just, like. I don't yeah. know. It's fun. I mean, that's really sad the way you just phrased that. I don't. <laughs> I love it. I love flipping them over. Uh, yeah. So anyways, listening to seven inches, making the time to just enjoy those seven inches and not have it so, be background music. Since you started this. Yeah. Anything that stands out you forgot about, you never heard before, something that surprised you really liked. Mm, I really just started it like I've done one seven inch session. All right. So and all I session. did was I just listened to like my collection of Bruce Springsteen 45s that I got ah, from my that's uncle. Nice. That's cool. Which not a lot of them are like exclusives. Um, no, but they're like I bought a, a huge stack from Red Scroll recently. A lot of the stuff is on tracks, which I never really dive deep right, into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, those are cool because they're old and they also he was smart and kept all the original packaging and liner notes yeah, and stuff. So to bad. be able to just like look through those and see here the th here's the thing is like when you're active listening to an album you look at the art while you're right. listening but yeah. if the liner notes aren't expansive they don't have lyric sheets or whatever you're like done in the first or second song mm -hmm. yeah. so the good thing with seven inches or 45s is like you're done and then you flip it and then you have more to read or whatever and then yeah so listen Se to seven inches second guys bruce reference this episode yeah <laughs> bruce jimmy what are you talking yourself into uh i have been weirdly talking myself into playing pokemon again and i uh, don't know why video game or cards video game uh, i know it, it's like red and blue uh yep i'm very playing, on brand i know <laughs> i've been playing fire red uh which is the remake of the original it's on the game boy advance and uh yeah i just randomly i just popped That's it on fun. yeah it's fun um, what system fun. are you playing them on? Uh, it, it's a Game Boy Advance game, but I play it on my GameCube because I have a little Game Boy adapter. I feel like Jimmy never does it like the basic way. <laughs> like I would never even ask Jeff what system he's playing a game on, but I'm always curious about Jimmy because he'll be yeah. like, "Well, I've modded it over to my Xbox 360 yeah. and ported it through my computer to Funny play enough on my." That you mentioned about modding because <laughs> I am current. I currently bought. Uh, a mod kit for my Game Boy Advance. I don't even uh, know what that means. I yeah. just heard the word. <laughs> what have you done to your Game Boy? <laughs> so, um, it, it's an he old had Game sex Boy. sex with it. Oh. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a Game Boy. It's the original Game Boy Advance. It's like the, the long one. 
Um, the problem with it is that it's not backlit. So it's very <sighs> hard to see problem. the screen. They so, didn't backlight those? No. Uh, so I got a backlit screen. Huh. Got to get a Game Boy Color, bro. That also isn't backlit. It was on my day. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, the flip one was. Oh. Yeah, that's was the a SP. flip one. That yep. was nice. Um, I also have one of those. I can't find it, though. Uh, so I have a backlit screen that I'm putting on it, a new shell, because it's going to look nice, and a rechargeable battery pack. So I'm modding it, and it's going to be very cool. But yeah, I've been into Pokemon lately, so cool. I'm doing this to play more Game Boy Advance games, because I have a bunch, mm. and uh, that's what I'm doing. Jess, what are well, you yourself into? Before... We throw to Jess since the audience is like, "Who's Jess?" True, and also <laughs> I was going to say, this, I'm going to try to kill time while Jimmy adjusts Jess's mic because it's oh down near her chest. Jess, I can hear my heart beating yeah. out of my chest. Jess <laughs> the is nerves. a Jess is a longtime friend of the pod. You've probably seen her post on our Twitter page. If you haven't, you should add us on Twitter at Talk Me Into and Instagram Talk That's Me Into Pod. What? Addiscon. Addiscon. Yeah. So Jess, uh, we went to high school with Jess. Kind of. Uh, yeah. You guys are older than me. I graduated I think way before you. I so. had one year in the same building as you. Yeah, because I graduated 2008. Oh, you're a child. Oh. And you're here to talk us into Radiohead. But we wanted to make you feel like part of the family. So, Jess, what have you been talking yourself into this week? Well, it's actually been a little bit longer than a week. And I could say that because I'm not recording like all <laughs> yeah. the time. I've been talking myself into listening to full albums. Oh, kind of similar like to your seven One inches. of you had did that yeah. once. Yeah, that yeah. was him, I think. Like, I want to go on deep dive music journeys into bands I haven't listened to in a long time, like or that. musicians. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do this. And anytime, like, somebody's been recommending, like, a newer artist to listen to, I'm listening to that full album, and if I'm not impressed, I'm probably not going to be listening to much of them. Right, yeah. right. Like, I'm really appreciating it an album that is just consistent throughout yeah you got any specific shout outs well we are doing a radiohead podcast some radiohead stuff (laughs) oh yeah yeah i feel this i mean i think playlists are a great way to sort of like get your foot in the door but for me to really love an artist i have to be able to respect their ability to put together an album Mm -hmm. and not everyone can do that that's like a different skill set it's honestly a dead, like a dead yeah. trade. Yeah, it is. Nowadays, like you get everything one is hit, just, and that's it. Yeah, like modern pop artists don't even care about albums. They just like release singles, and then when they have enough singles, they're like, okay, this is an album, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I I find myself getting really annoyed when I gotta skip a song, and I really try hard to listen to the whole song. That's what No Effects just did. Their newest album is called Single Album because yeah. it was all singles they recorded <laughs> over the last two years just That's thrown funny. together. Yeah. And they call it an album and it's not consistent. No, I or love good. See, concept albums are cool, but that's a little like played out. Like everyone knows about the concept albums. What I love are like what I would call like cohesive vibe albums. Yes. Which is like, okay, maybe there's not a narrative structure connecting them, but it feels like one piece of like art. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the band moves on afterwards. Like, Fleet Foxes is great with that. Yeah. All their albums are fantastic. Even if you go back to, like, historical artists, like David Bowie was the champion of that. Like, every one of Bowie's albums feels like its own thing, and then it's gone. He moves on to the next phase. It kind of like that with uh, Pink Floyd, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I got really into Pink Floyd back in the day, and I'm going to start going back into it again. Yeah, the especially, like, The Wall. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan, but they're definitely an album band. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a good one. I like it. I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk Me Into is the podcast that Jess is a fan of. So she was like, hey, 
I want to be on this podcast and talk you into the bands called Radiohead. Except she wasn't like that. I was like, hey, if you continually send us only Radiohead gifts, you're going to have to come on the podcast and talk us into it. So that's True. why she's here. And Jess, why are you a fan of Radiohead? Why do you want to talk us into them? I, you know, I pretty much since like middle school, I've only been listening to like punk and hardcore. Smart. Metal, <laughs> lots of metal, heavy music. Yeah. And yeah. especially right. since in like the last couple of years, I've been kind of wanting to hear like melodic, calming music. That's what happens when I you like turn that. 30. It's, yeah. It really is. And the Welcome pandemic. Oldness. <laughs> <laughs> and like, especially since the pandemic, I'm like seeking live music, but I'm sorry. Watching hardcore live or metal music live. It's very weird. It's very weird. The energy is totally different, and oh, the yeah. sound is not good. So I've just been <laughs> well. That's because you can actually hear them, and a lot yeah. of the bands we love don't sound that great live. But the no. energy that they put back into the audience, and then the audience gives them back energy, it becomes yeah. this momentum. Exactly. But yeah, I watched the Touche More uh, live album stream, and it was like, mm, I don't think I will. That's yeah, good. and it was like a picture show as well. Yeah. An art show. But yeah, so you've been looking for calmer, more melodic music. Just to watch on the YouTube. Yeah. Zone out into it, play on my phone. And like, I've listened to the Benz for, I don't even know how long. The Benz was the first one, like Radiohead album that I really, really loved, Mm -hmm. which is weird for most Radiohead fans. They're like, oh, the Benz, Mm. 90s. So do you remember when you first listened to Radiohead? I... I'm trying to remember, and I think the first song is obviously Creep. Yeah. Everyone's heard that oh, yeah. song. That was on the radio. A lot. And radio like everybody has a specific memory of a time in their life where they're like, I'm a creep. I'm a creep. Yeah. I'm a I'm weirdo. A weirdo. <laughs> I don't belong here. <laughs> so it's just a song, like, no wonder why it became like a huge hit. Yeah. Even to their surprise. They were shocked. They did not think that song was good at all. Yeah. So so it's pretty much always been there in some form, but you've been lately delving deeper. Real deep. Do you have a favorite Radiohead album or time period? It's it's okay, computer. Okay. Every time you listen to that album, you go deeper and deeper into the dark web, it, the matrix, <laughs> kind of, or the psyche of somebody who's always traveling and constantly moving. Yeah. So I've tried to listen to Radiohead a little bit throughout the years. You gave me a playlist for a while. Those are songs that I just really liked. Yeah. Jimmy, have you tried listening to Radiohead before? I've never attempted it, no. So I've you heard, probably like, know Creep, yeah. Yeah, that's Maybe it. one or two others. Right, right. Um, when I listened to your playlist, I realized that I had known Karma Police, but I didn't know that that was Radiohead. It was just a song I had heard. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. You've heard Radiohead a lot, and you have no idea you heard it. Yeah. It's in the background of a lot of things, especially if you're like TV watching movies, TV shows. Some would say it creeps into your head. Into yes. your lives, Jeff. What's it's your exposure? All you Same thing. Ahead. Everybody's heard creep. Yeah. Uh, I, I watching some of the videos. I was like, oh yeah. Or hearing some of the songs, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I don't know. I've never listened to them actively. Never sought them out. So, Jess, this is a little weird because there's a microphone in front of you and we're recording stuff. But if we were just like hanging out, give us your pitch. Like, why should we like Radiohead? What's so great about them? Honestly, they're. It's hard because, like, you don't really fall into it when you just listen to it once, mm. right? It kind of, it literally does creep on you. Mm. Yeah, 
and I kind of I it's kind of similar to my experience with like Stanley Kubrick movies. What is going on? I yeah. don't understand what's happening. Why am I feeling all these emotions? <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't want to feel this way, but it's bringing me down, but also bringing me up and wants me to like find out more about it. Mm. And I just you just get sucked into it. Okay. And it's not always negative. Like people always say, oh, they're such a downer band. They're actually really, really funny too. Like it's that dry British humor yeah. that unless you do a deep dive, you don't always pick it up the first time. I should say most of my visual uh, experience with Radiohead is Fred Armisen's impression of Tom York. <laughs> oh, the dancing. Which is... Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> very. That's not negative at all for me. I love that. Right? Um. So you are going to give us some stuff to try to talk us into Radiohead. Why don't we go yes. through just briefly like what you want us to check out? There's a lot of music. Yes. Sorry, guys. It's two and a half hours okay, so of music, you, okay. and you made me cut it. Yeah. It was going to be three hours. Would Jeff take a look at <laughs> the my fault? playlist and said, no? <laughs> there were 60 songs. I was like, I gave you 12 for Gogol Bordello when we talked for an hour. I didn't know what to do. I'm new. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's fine. fine. That's why we I got mean, you. In your defense, I've looked at their list of albums alone, and there's a lot many. There's there's a ton of singles, <laughs> yeah. too, that came out like after an album, like stuff they didn't put on the actual album that I wanted to throw in there, but then I took those off, and I cut albums. I cut albums from this because I wanted to keep OK Computer on there yeah. in its entirety. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, like, I own one radio hal- Radiohead album, and it's not referenced at all on this playlist, which is interesting. That's no, I have we can go a into it. Pool. Yeah, we can go into it later. And it's a great album, but I have my own going, thoughts on that. Yeah, you're not going to. I don't think you're going to love that album until you get to know the band. OK. Yeah. As of now, I don't love that album. I bought it on a whim because I had heard like Radiohead's a band you should like. And that was the new album that was coming out. <laughs> they had that song. Yeah. Burn the Witch. Yeah, I like that. I like the video. <laughs> OK, so we got the playlist and then you're giving us a YouTube playlist as well. What, yes. Let's breeze through what's on there. We could talk about that when we get there, right? Okay. So I mean, when, when we come back... Oh, we're going to talk about it in depth. Why? Yeah, yeah. We don't need to break it down right sure, now. Sure, but there's a video playlist component. There is a video playlist. And audio, the, video. The audio playlist and the video playlist we're going to put in the show notes so people can watch and listen along with us. And warning, there are spoilers. Oh. There are, there are actually. There are TV show clips. Okay. And movie clips that... Well, we won't spoil yeah. the actual TV show. No. Yeah. We'll talk about the music. So yeah. there's oh, not Radiohead spoilers. I mean, spoiler warning, you did say they turned into dance music. <laughs> cool. So when we come back, it's all the Radiohead. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's an interesting way to thought, end it. I thought there would be a different way to say that. Are we still recording? Yep. <laughs> always. We're always recording. You were always on my mind. Okie fellows. Fella cooties. Fella, fella cooties. Ah, that could be your new Okay, thing. fella cooties. <laughs> I like it a lot. Wow, that's my new catchphrase. Thanks, Dan. Okay, fella cooties. We're doing it. Just I don't gave... want cooties. We just got over a pandemic. Fella cooties. <laughs> Afro-pop singer. Uh, just broke down what we're going to be listening to. So let's get into it. Off of... Pablo Honey from 1993, the year of our Lord. We have Creep 
which yeah. we've all heard. Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard it. I've heard it a thousand times. We all um, have heard this a thousand times. I think that maybe because I've heard it so much, um, it weighs on my opinion of it because I don't like the song. Wow. I just oh. I, maybe maybe it's because I'm just like, OK, this song. OK, I get it. I've heard you 500,000 times in the last 25 years. It reminds and, me of that lyric, that Nirvana lyric, which I'm paraphrasing and probably going to get wrong, but it's like teenage angst has grown up well. Now I'm fat and bored. Yeah, I am fat and bored. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like uh, that's what happened to Radiohead. Like they put out Creep and everyone loved it. This may be the song in the world most that pisses off people like they hear Creep and they're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to check out Radiohead. And they're like, what the hell is this? This doesn't <laughs> sound right. like Creep. And actually, like, especially that fun. album. The album very much is, okay, there's Creep. There's blowout. There's thinking about thinking about you, mm-hmm. and anyone could play guitar. Creep is just one of those songs that it stays with. If you. somebody's yeah. like, "Make me a '90s playlist now," they're gonna put on this and like, "No, where are they? I'm in Nirvana." Yes. <laughs> it's it's that it's that kind of song to me. That's true. And so it, it doesn't do anything for me, and it doesn't do anything for Radiohead either. They absolutely hated this song for years. I think now they're just like, "Okay, we." Bet give they didn't it to hate them. that money. Am I right? <laughs> Well, I Maybe think we're going to get into that. Yeah. Planet Telex. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that so right. So this is off of is. The Benz 95. Yeah. So we're moving yeah. on to the next Which is an album the that Jess loves. Album. I this album is love... as old as me. <laughs> oh, I was five when it came out. I love this album. I love 90s music in general. I can listen to like a ra- like a, like yeah, a radio That playlist scene. I was just telling you about. Yeah. Like I can listen to Let's those 90s playlists. I'll contribute. Let's do it. And creep smashing pumpkins and two Nirvana songs. <laughs> yeah. The nineties. Yay. But this album is very different from the rest of the music that was going on then too, because mm. you had Brit pop mm-hmm. and this has a lot of Brit pop influence, Yeah, but it brings in that grunge music. Yeah. And it's a good mixing pop. And it is. You're, it's not a boring album either. And if you haven't listened to it before you get all the nineties cliches, Feels. <laughs> but at the same time it's elevated yeah, I think the like the cleaner parts definitely have like moments of like twee, which is kind of like big in that time period of mm-hmm. Britpop. Um, music theory wise, they do some Go. fun stuff in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a, a chromatic step down in the verses. Yeah, that was that, I wrote that too. I was oh yeah, say but that. it's cool. They hit Jimmy this... when you heard the chromatic <laughs> step down. But they hit a minor second interval, which by itself sounds very negative and like mournful. But they use it as a pivot chord. To pivot to the five of five, which the nerds out there know mm-hmm. is going to make it sound really upbeat. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was writing down that five of five. I knew exactly what you were talking about. I just uh, wrote down bigger sound than the last album. <laughs> yes. No, but it's exactly. It is. It is, it is. Exactly. It's like it's so I, I was having a a problem trying to define the overall sound. So I kept using the word jam band, which they're it's almost it's like not, arena rock. But it like is. It's kind of like a rock and roll jam band. Hmm. So this is kind of like a bigger sound than that while still doing that jammy like guitar noodling stuff. And I'm saying these words and Dan is like five, five pivot points and chromatic step down. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, I'm with you because I love this album, but I could hear that there's stuff going on. There's so many different layers I, I do in like the Dan's songs. Though. I love when oh, yeah. This but that's as there. valid to it say is. that it, it feels yeah. like how it feels. It feels bigger. It feels more lush, more rich. I wrote rotation. down that there was a lot of layering in this. Song. Yeah. Yes. Um, there... And it's from now on layers. Right. <laughs> Um, I, I find it very interesting that his throughout this entire playlist, 
I found it very interesting that the singer, he's not up there in the mix. He's very much buried in mm-hmm. everything else because yep. he wants his voice to be sound like an instrument. Yep. Yes. And um, there's a lot of that. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, Why? Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if it's something that I'm... He's a traditionalist when it comes to vocals, I think. Yeah, I think I kind of am. And he also does this thing, too, like, especially later on in the playlist, too, where, like, because I'm kind of a singer. Um, I grew up, like, in voice classes Yeah, Tom and stuff. York Jr. over here. Yeah, obviously. How's your falsetto? Um, oh, um, that was awesome. Can we just get a clip of that and start the show with it? Just... How's your falsetto? Jim Market. Uh, so, um, yeah, honestly, the one thing that he kind of does where it, it it's a little grating to me is that he stays at, like, one level the entire time. Like, he's, like, he's not going louder. He's not going softer as, like, a traditional singer would do. In and, this um, one song or throughout? Throughout the entire thing. Hmm. Um, I kind of disagree. Um, I don't know. Um, it, maybe it's the mixing that it sounds like that for me. I don't know. But uh, that was one thing that I noticed at first. I kind of like really liked it. But then I was like, oh, the entire playlist is like that. Um, (laughs) I think there's more dynamics on the next track. Just that's a ripper. Yeah, I would agree with that. That song was actually a little bit better. One of my more enjoyable, rockier songs. Um, So Johnny wanted to fit as many chords into a song as possible. This is what they came up with. (laughs) Yeah, I could hear the thing at the end is big time. Uh, I like the lyrics to this one a lot. It's sort of like a veiled attack on like Mm self-loathing or is he talking to another person? It's interesting. You got to do some deep dives. Yeah. But, I just um, like how he says self, and it's like <laughs> he says it through his teeth. You do it to yourself. So lyrically on this podcast, sometimes we dive deep into lyrics. Sometimes we don't really touch on it. This is one where I didn't touch on it really, uh, which could be a mistake because I'm sure there's like artsy poetic stuff in there. But I'm kind of in Jimmy's camp in this, in that it's not difficult to understand what he's saying, but when you're listening to the music you're already trying to decipher what's happening mm-hmm. sonically. Yes. It becomes so, sort of part of the music. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about that later separately. But I didn't. his lyrics didn't pop out to me, and I just didn't look at the lyrics because to me, these songs, it seems like the music is the point and not the lyrics. Yeah, he's, definitely he's in making this like album. A, he's making like a soundscape out yeah. of like for all of these. That is a keyword I use several times. In my I notes. did too. I like, did look into a lot of the lyrics and I think there's a pretty big range. Some songs feel like very poignant and very clearly like he had the mindset of the lyrics early on and knew what he wanted to get across. Other things seem purposefully ambiguous. Like It does start with him. So usually he'll write something. Oh, yeah. And then the band builds off of that. That's and it goes through a filter. Yeah. Right? It goes through the band filter. All the members contribute. There's five members. There's, well, to start, there was three guitar players, a bass player, and a drummer. Mm-hmm. And it goes all through them. It starts with Tom and then works its way out. And I think with that, it's some of their <coughs> best work, even like compared to their solar careers. Yeah. Hmm. So the next track, My Iron Lung, it's interesting, Jeff, that you <laughs> referenced uh, how they felt about Creep because reading through the lyrics and seeing what people have written online, this song appears to be addressing their feelings on the success of Creep. Jess, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so Creep is literally their life support at this time. It's how they're making their money. They're kind of being forced to go on tour all over the world Mm -hmm. and perform Creep. 
over oh, and over. Poor guys. I know, it's so it's sad. It's their iron lung, though. It's literally the only thing that's keep. Are you guys familiar with what an iron lung is? Yes. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Frump was in one. <laughs> Mr. Frump? <laughs> Six people will understand that joke. But yeah, it's keeping them alive, but it's, it's also the, keeping them trapped and contained. And they can't free themselves. They want to create new sound. They want to do different music. Mm-hmm. They weren't planning on just being a guitar-heavy band forever. They'd been mm-hmm. playing since the mid-80s together. They went to school together. They were See, experimenting I, with music. I used to feel that way when I was a little boy in a punk band. I was like, I'll never sell out. And then when I was older, <laughs> I was like, if somebody wants to pay me a lot of money to make bad music, why not? Yeah, but I think you're bad, misinterpreting. But... I don't think they're, cons- no. I don't no, think they're unhappy about quote unquote selling out i think it's that they're stuck with one song that probably they don't even think is their best song it's like that episode yeah. of the simpsons where bar has to say did i do that or not did i do and, that um i don't remember what he or said Dave, well, somebody also, suck me yeah <laughs> there's also controversy with creep because the chord progression in creep is very similar to a band from the 70s oh yeah and they, they kind of had some stuff going on with that and yeah so that, that's a cool it's song a bass heavy song Let's talk about the yeah, intro is very psychedelic, and I thought it was kind of in a boring way. Oh it's, no! Like, I don't I, know. I, I'm honestly, not into like jammy psychedelic stuff. I put this on there because the bass. And it's all about the bass. Yeah, like it's very different than the other songs on their album. This song seems to have like mm-hmm. a bass lead. Yeah. Music theory guys is the bass lead. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's like driving. Yeah, yeah. It's great music to listen to while driving. Windows yeah. down, just blasting it it's great sing-along music hmm. and in the middle there's still that bit of like 90s grunge it kind of sounds like a heart-shaped <laughs> box by nirvana <laughs> ah, <there> it, <laughs> it does it's, so, it's nostalgia like that's what it is when i hear this song so fake plastic trees oh. this is a song out of everything we listened to so far up to this point i love this one i think this is the best one i i think the lyrics are a really interesting attack on like consumerism um you know, yes, this is he, one of the songs yeah. I actually deciphered the lyrics while listening to it. Yeah, I could hear it's what he was saying clearly. Beautiful. It's it's pretty beautiful. This yeah. song Using is really good. I like this song a lot. The actually. falsetto. He was inspired to do that singing mm-hmm. by Jeff Buckley. Do you, okay. Do you know who Jeff Buckley mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's chilling. And yeah. To see that he was inspired to do the same thing, but not the same thing. His voice is very different than Jeff Buckley's. But yeah. those high notes, and you feel so many different emotions throughout mm-hmm. the song. You feel the sadness. You feel the anger. You feel... I wrote notes. You just feel all these... <laughs> the things. Yeah. I'm already off notes. But, like, you feel every emotion in this song. And then there's, like, a part of the song that, like, is elation and happiness where he just, mm. like, opens up his vocals and it's that super, Soaring. super... It's literally blow through the ceiling when he's singing that part. Yeah. The next two, I think, are big songs for Radiohead fans, especially Airbag. But... Well, I gotta talk street spirit. Well, let, let's get into street spirit. Okay. It's the last on the bends. Oh yeah, and I it's one of my favorite songs. This one is a lot like a traditional movie score, like mm-hmm. an end scene, like a movie's coming to an end, and this fade song is playing. It's a fade out. out. Yeah, they the did game. it. Yeah, yeah I re- I like this song a lot. Out of all the it's songs a fan on the bends, favorite. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I wanted to like it more. I, it didn't blow me away. I mean, it's this shows very up. subtle. The album, it's think about the album as a whole. I know I only gave you Was a couple of songs. Was this the last songs. song on this the album? This is the last song on okay. the album. It's a good place. That makes sense. And the, throughout the whole album, there's a lot of like heavy guitar riffs. It's a it's very much a guitar album. Yeah. And then this song, 
is almost like a prelude to OK Computer too. Mm. This is the beginning of this machine will not communicate. And I believe from doing my deep dive into the lyrics, it's kind of gives me the vibe of he's talking about dying, mm. which, you know, it's Radiohead. Fading right. out. He's fading yeah. out. But the end of the song, it kind of gives you like a glimmer of hope. He's singing over and over again, immerse yourself in love, immerse yourself in love. And he does it with such a high singing. Yeah. It's very calming. And it's kind of like the stress of like, oh my God, surround myself, my family, I'm fading in and out. But you know what? I lived my life. Yeah. I've lived it with love. And it's, I don't know, it's kind He's of peaceful. Content. Yeah, it's content. I, I think we'll get more into this later on. We do the videos, but I think it works better as background music yeah controversially no i agree with that and especially moving forward that's a big part of how i felt about radiohead don't you ever like when you're missing like like when you're listening to like hardcore punk music don't you ever just want to just have a nice sing yeah right like this is why you listen to anthems i think there's a lot of stuff gives me it's like i feel like i could sit down and really like belt this out like roll up Mm. the windows in your car and like "Ah." that's why i listen to floor punch (laughs) i no, i feel that i feel that with other radiohead songs but this one just didn't grab me as okay computer yes from 1997 so this album before you even said anything i mean this is definitely to me the first big step in a new direction yes um it's more digital which mm-hmm. in 1997 was starting to become a thing because yep. the means were there for bands to do things. EDM, yeah, a little bit before that. It was like 99, Jim. That's 98. True, yeah. Come on, Jim. Come on, Jim. <laughs> I mean, interestingly enough, it is digital, but from a very analog way. Yes, meaning they're not just like pulling up something on their MacBook and you know putting it into the recording they're doing a lot of those effects with like guitar pedals and And also like looping machines like Mm -hmm. actual hardware um jess had us watch a concert video we'll talk about more at the end but you can see uh johnny what's his last name Uh, greenwood 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 (coughs) manipulating actual like hardware like plugging things in and you know that's a lot those are old school that's like what tom morello does with his guitar like we saw him play with bruce third reference today and he he takes like the jack out of his guitar and like slams it into his sweaty hand yeah but i'm doing stuff literally talking about like a rack mounted looping station where you're yeah yeah plugging like pulling out wires and it's very like it's like an old telephone operator yeah basically um so yeah that's a lot of the vibe of okay computer the first song on here airbag this is i think a big fan song i saw a lot of people talking about it online it has well, to do with his fear of like car crashes and stuff i believe he was in a horrible yeah. car crash where literally an airbag had saved his life and wow. he references killer cars and killer technology and that's why and they put a connecticut interstate on the cover of the album right there is no gr- there is no worse highway like section in the country <laughs> in the world no really like connecticut put, is rated like yeah. usually number one or two for that, worst traffic that's that is a country. death trap like you have to yeah. go over like three it's lanes suicide rap Ooh. fifth <laughs> bruce reference that's number four, <laughs> number oh, we're talking about radiohead yeah. not bruce <laughs> yeah so um i don't know do you guys have anything else for airbag uh, this is when I realized I was like, oh, this is how the songs are layered. Every single song is like this with like his his uh, his vocals are like kind of in the mix and stuff. And I was like, oh, no. So I don't want to skip around too much. But for um, I picked that up during Subterranean Homesick Alien. It's 
a lot more ambient yep. than anything is, we've yeah. heard so far. And this is where, I mean, I heard it, but this is where I realized, like, for fact, like you just said, Jimmy, that um, his vocals aren't so much vocals right. as they are it's just an, an instrument. instrument. Yes. And this is where I was like, I don't really hear words. I just hear There's the a lot of controversy about what he actually says, especially mm-hmm. later on when they stop printing the lyrics. Oh, really? That's oh, yeah. funny. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, they stop printing but, lyrics. But, like, in defense of him, like, the melodies that he's singing are interwoven interweaved uh with the music woven almost yeah. flawlessly at times like you it's can't beautifully even differentiate pro- like, them there are studio albums like this is definitely a studio album that i think that they reproduce live in a different way mm-hmm. like i like having albums where it's amazing to listen to and i'm like they can't play that live but when i do hear it live i'm like oh they did it they did it those <laughs> crazy <laughs> bastards they pulled did it, it off did it. Yeah. and also i feel like his voice kind of fights with the music and the technology in the song it's always like his human personality is mm-hmm. trying to overcome the music and then it gets drowned this out album's a cyborg oh okay yeah it's a that's how i album. like to interpret his singing throughout the album i want to go back to paranoid android because yes. this Come is on. a big deal <laughs> it's huge uh, for me huge this is another song like i had heard i couldn't like sing along to it but this is like quintessential radiohead like when people say radiohead this is what i think of in my head um it's a little bit meandering for me, a little bit too long. Yeah, but it's like six minutes. I like it's a the long, vibe. It's longest song. It's yeah. very droney. It feels it's- very on brand for them as far as like content. Uh, it's moody. It's about feeling like an outsider. It's about- or is it? Do you know what their reference? Do you know the paranoid android reference? No. Marvin, the paranoid android from uh, Hitchhiker Guides to the Galaxy. Oh, Are you guys familiar uh, with yeah. that no. character? Never read it or he's saw this, the movie. Well, he's this character that's... That's funny because br- I saw that movie with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a character that has a brain like the size of a planet. And he has all this knowledge. Yeah. But all they have him do is like open up doors and like sweep the floor. Huh. And he's like very like dry and like kind of... He's kind of miserable, and that's kind of how the media portrayed Tom York back then. Oh, okay. yeah. As this meandering college rock sad boy yeah so he was kind of playing along with that like oh yeah well i'm gonna be a paranoid android for you and that's kind of how the song got started and then it represents three different moods Mm. and you don't you can't tell me those guitar slides are not amazing i haven't heard that oh yeah the guitar is pretty ripping for a song that (laughs) is generally like pretty chill but the guitar like just sort of tears it open there's a lot of that yeah. And that's why I included a music video. <laughs> so Jeff referenced Subterranean Homesick Alien. Uh, it is more ambient. I like the jangly, like Rickenbacker, which I correctly predicted just by the sound, which was confirmed in the video. <laughs> he plays a Rickenbacker in the I'm chorus. I'm a tech head. I know things it's about not, instruments. It's, not, it's just a guitar. I wrote I down names of instruments that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> there you go. And I was literally that's like funny. sweating, thinking Move. about, yeah, how am I going to pronounce these stuff? <laughs> Um, as exit music for a film, uh, this one is funny for me because without knowing the history of it, I was like, this feels like a movie that should play during uh, this song song feels like something that should be played during the credits of a movie <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's exactly, very emotional and big and it's, it's titled very aptly. Yeah. But I, yeah, I thought maybe that was like a play, but then so, it actually was. <laughs> 
so have you when was the last time you saw Romeo plus Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio a long time ago the Baz I watched movie. it I, I want to say I watched it last year it's good it's it still fantastic holds up. This, even the soundtrack amazing they actually uh, Radiohead wrote this song for the soundtrack decided it was really really good and didn't want to put it on that uh, soundtrack CD yeah so they wrote another song talk show host which you guys heard in the concert that you saw yeah and this song this is the song that you've all heard and had no idea it was a Radiohead song because it's in almost every TV show you could ever <laughs> imagine. Every That's movie. Funny. Like, it is really the perfect ending song to a movie. Yeah, yeah. it's really Was good. John Leguizamo Mercutio? No, he was Tybalt. Who was Mercutio? Uh, another actor. <laughs> he was in Lost. I forget his name. But Paul Rudd seems to make an appearance with a lot of Radiohead songs. Oh, I don't know if you guys yeah. picked up I like it. Stuff. Karma Police... Did you guys know this song? So this supposedly I should know this one. I um, knew it. No, I mean Karma I don't police. I heard you say like you don't know Karma Police and when I was listening to this I was like I don't recognize this song <laughs> huh. at all. Yeah, I was Weird. in the same boat. Wow. Weird. There yeah. were some radio play. This is radio play like a uh, lot. I was zero when this came cra- out, so This was this was one of those songs where like Dan mentioned the guitars it goes like crazy and it distorts into like this fuzz just like mm-hmm. sound. What about that piano opening though? Yeah, it goes like What do you guys think about the piano opening? Does it sound familiar? No. Doesn't sound like Sexy Sadie? Oh, the Beatles? I could see that. I did read someone complain about that. It's like same chord progression. Sexy Sadie, what have you done? Who cares? Honestly, the Beatles ripped off enough people that you can yeah. take yeah. a little bit from the Beatles. It's part of what music is. I and mean, it's so British. As the song goes on, it doesn't sound like Sexy Sadie. No, not no. at all. So do you guys know what this song is kind of about? No. Well, so when the band was touring, they toured for like two years. They had this running joke about whenever you did something bad, the the karma police are going to come and get you. Uh-huh. And Tom hard. York, his lyrics have a lot to do with environment and politics and he hates middle management he hates it so this is the song about sorry jimmy middle management quote unquote tom york (laughs) and if you guys know anything about me i am a union girl yes so i i do love i i feel this song and do you guys remember the music video i didn't have you guys watch the music video i don't so in the music video, Tom York is sitting like in the back of the car and and he knows where Jimmy Hoff is buried. And there's <laughs> you don't see who the driver is. You're looking at like the perception of the driver. So the driver's turning and looking and it's chasing down someone while uh-huh. driving at night. It's who hasn't had a boss that has driven you to the point of hmm. I'm going to get this person huh. or like also the part where he talks about uh, the woman's Hitler hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't imagine Karen? Like they predicted Karens. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I this will song say is really deep lyrically. Early Tom York hair is a little Karen as well. Sure, sure. Wow, it is. Oh my he, god, he sort of brushed Karen. down in the front and brushed up in the back. Yeah. He has had many different hairstyles <laughs> yeah. during the Benz era. It was like blonde and floofy. Very cool. Um, uh, fitter, happier. This is like one of those songs that feels like an album opener or like... It was intentionally going to be the album opener, uh, but they thought it was going to be a little too, too weird. Uh, this too is weird. so weird and I like it a lot. I like it too. And I'm it's normally so, not a fan of like these weird songs like number nine. So it's, the, it's, name is, the name of the computer that they're using is like from an old Macintosh simple text. Uh, yeah. Fred. Uh, so it's Surrey's father, Fred. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, 
it's like that early like text to speech and yes. it's almost like an audio uncanny valley yeah it's very unsettling to listen to so it's and- 90s slogans he took he oh, wrote lyrics like according that. to slogans that he heard <laughs> in like the that. 90s and he said yeah. it's the most upsetting thing he's ever written <laughs> it is That's and funny. musically it's so i i haven't mentioned it yet but i'm a big fan of johnny greenwood's soundtracks like uh you were never really here one of my favorite in like the last five years um phantom thread he does some really good, great yeah. soundtracks and this is the first that i'm really feeling that johnny greenwood weirdness mm-hmm. um that he that he's really good at and like there's a super dissonant piano in here that just makes it even more unsettling and, and I, I don't feel comfortable listening to this song yet i like it a lot <laughs> well if you guys know it's, it's, the beginning, it's just fred yeah the fred's yeah. computer voice and then it gets like bigger black mirror the opening the black mirror mm. it gets more digital mm-hmm. and more digital like it's it's gonna like be, crackling it's and, taking over yeah. and like i said it was the most <laughs> upsetting thing he has ever written and if you know anything about radiohead lyrics and songs it can be kind of sad but this is even worse yeah <laughs> like it's really deeply kind of scary and what are there any lines from the slogan that like <laughs> sticks out to you that you heard you're like oof I yeah, I, I can't remember exactly, but there was ones that started out sounding like a normal basic slogan, but then get like creepier about like uh, how you should handle your marriage and stuff like that. <laughs> so I was listening to this a lot during the pandemic. I mean, it's really the perfect... <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that for <laughs> probably, your mental health. Probably not. <laughs> Better the, things to do. But to there's keep a saying. part where they talk about kissing with like your mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't I can't even imagine. I can't even like who dates Boy. in this time. Thank God I have Steve. <laughs> that's funny thanks steve the thanks. next one and electioneering Yee. this one's a ripper who knew that this band had it in them to be like a punk band oh yeah and this is a very punk politics yeah this song. is hail to the thief right from nope, that album still okay no, computer. Still, oh, wow. okay still computer. middle of okay computer this is like one of their more political songs from the era mm. and because you, election yeah. jim what did you think of this one uh, I did like the layering in this song. Like we were talking about the layering a lot, and I like that it soundscapey. I mean, the, a lot of my notes are basically the same because I feel like they have a very overall there, sound. There's it's two words that come to mind: uh, yeah. consistent and redundant. And neither of those things are bad. Redundant is bad when you're reviewing an entire <laughs> album that sounds the same. I think that's fine to call it redundant. It's no. a very consistent album. The songs yeah. flow into each other really mm-hmm. well. And I don't bands think should take note. I don't think they're a consistent band, though. I think they have different. No, Every album is different. They yeah. definitely change. Every album is different, but yet still Radiohead. Mm. Yeah. And one other thing with this song, it's still very much a song of today. One thing about Radiohead songs is that they kind of stand the test of like the test of time. Yeah. Mm. So. Climbing up the walls is an interesting, like creepy and paranoid, paranoia and inducing song. Well, it's sung from the perception. Well, it's sung from the perspective perspective of paranoid fear itself. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, how in a lot of misfit songs they are singing from like the killer. Yeah. Well, this is from the point Mm. of view of paranoid fear itself. That little tickling in the back of your head of like (laughs) that negative thoughts. And it really comes across in the song. It's really like if you ever had a panic attack yeah this song is a panic attack well and at the end they do this really interesting thing music wise to like convey that feeling there's like a violin part where the violins are purposefully out of tune from each other and i Mm -hmm. read that they actually tune them a quarter step off so 
there's all these like strange trills that are just like super dissonant. And that's that gives me anxiety as someone who tunes guitars a lot. So at one point, Tom, I don't know where, when or he worked. He worked at a mental hospital or was like an orderly at a mental hospital. And that kind of was. I can see that. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. <laughs> so this song was the last song that I listened to. What? Whoa, I have to be honest, through. Jess. I have no I have no wow. words. Your music must be terrible. Oh, <laughs> fight, fight, this fight. Is, this is one of my right favorite so songs ever. Jimmy was very nervous to share this with you. I said, just be respectful and honest and just, just no, understand. No, screw that. Tell her how you really feel. <laughs> Tell her to go f*** yourself. Sorry, Jim. Oh, oh, we're about to go off. We're about to go. <laughs> pop off. Get the pots pan. I was surprised he didn't like it this much, but Jim, let's, let's hear it. Uh, so this is a very... Radiohead, I came to find out, is a very moody band. Oh, yeah. And for me to get into music, I need to hear the rippers first. And like every single song that I was like going through, I'm like, yep, this is the same. This is the same. Yep, this is still pretty moody. I could hear his voice trembling. And uh, <laughs> I'm not nervous. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just... It wasn't for me, Jess. I'm so sorry. Wow. I felt very so you're bad. a playlist boy, aren't you? This is no, a, not this at is all. a couple I don't of know firsts. If I believe it. This is a I quit in the middle of the episode and the first time a guest got to know. But at the same time, I'm not really surprised because like I said in the beginning, you knew it was on your, a hard sell. It was going to be a hard sell and I kind of took on this challenge. Yeah. It's not an easy band to talk people into. I Just wanted to Steve like it Steve listen to it this week. I was like, oh my God, Steve's going to murder me. <laughs> I wanted to like it a lot. Like I, I tried listening to this in the car and I was like, yeah, like I, I kind of get this, but like, I don't know. I, I have to like, like really like bunker, hunker down and listen to it with headphones. And I'm like, and that's really how it needs to be listened to. Like, yeah. The first time that I listened to this whole album and really was feeling it, I was hiking alone in the woods wearing headphones, which don't do. Please don't do that. But <laughs> yeah, I did that. That sounds terrible. Maybe that's why I really like this album because you just lose yourself in it. And that's yeah. kind of how it is when I go hiking. Like I right. literally lose myself and might get murdered, but I don't know. Yeah, it, <laughs> it just kind of came down to I didn't really like that the songs are, are layered that the, the way that they are, uh, the way his voice is like in the mix and stuff like that. I couldn't understand what he was saying. And like, uh, I just didn't have the time to like go deep into the lyrics and stuff. So and you didn't take the time. I'm it, the first girl to come onto this podcast <laughs> oh, and talk yeah. you into something. Uh, you're you're so right. shit. Take the time. Himself, to do a deep uh, dive. Could I be worse. He could be like mansplaining to you why we're that bad. I tried to listen to your playlist. Oh, oh yeah. Those those Throwing are those shade. poop leaps. Yeah. Garbage. Well, yeah. Jimmy was poop nervous leaps? about this. He was poop like, leaps. "What's a poop leap? Bloop leaps. Bloop leaps. Oh, I just said poop leaps. I was like, it might as well have been when duty jumps. So Jimmy was like, I don't know what to do. Should I just bow out of this episode? Should I try to force my way through it? It's not the first time someone's quit. I've quit on a topic. I did not read the prescribed amount of Animorphs books, if you recall. <laughs> yeah, that was. Maybe that was you're just too much of a happy soul. I this. think that's what it is. And like, I, I could see that. Like, I there's, tried. There's or, he's, all right. or it hits too close yeah. to home. Well, yeah. let's, let's Jimmy, find well, out. I need to get into this song. Let's though, see where I, I love... quit. We... <laughs> oh, no. So Jimmy's uh, out. So we could kind of no surprises is is beautiful to me it's like a lullaby i wrote digital lullaby yeah and then i wrote that it worked it put me to sleep which for me is a good thing because i'm i like to listen to music (laughs) i like to sleep sorry jimmy this is a 
fucked up nursey rhyme. Yeah. Quote, unquote, Tom York. I'm quoting him, so it's okay to swear. And it's also kind of arranged. uh, The electric guitar is inspired by the Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice? Hmm, I can see it. It's all arpeggios. They're a big arpeggio band. They have a song called Arpeggio. hmm. And the juxtaposition between Uh. the glockenspiel. You guys, I looked up what an instrument was. (laughs) The glockenspiel. As featured prominently in Born to Run. Yeah. Five. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Oof. Jimmy, we're taking so, it over for you. I didn't Thank watch that you. one. There's a lot of glockenspiel in, so in did, this record and Bruce's record. Yes. Did you guys look up the lyrics to this? No. I looked up the no lyrics. Wait, did I? Hold all. on. It's a dark song. And it's yeah. it's very personal, I think, to Tom York. He's very into environmental issues. And in the opening of the song, he talks about his heart being filled up like a landfill. Mm. Which, deep stuff. And then he talks later in the song about maybe he's killing himself to carbon monoxide poisoning yeah and to hear that with the glockenspiel it's mm. so like it really oh, is that's the happy, ultimate nap yeah right? <laughs> the ultimate nap is just you know what i can't stand it anymore all this interaction with what's going on around me because the song is about him that song but the whole album is about him traveling and the constant traveling this album is very much of transportation and the environment technology and the song just kind of brings you, yeah, like it just it lulls you. It really does lull you. And I'm actually sad that you didn't look up the lyrics. So I wanted to talk about how Midsummer, the carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, we can go on. I didn't love Lucky. Uh, felt like a bit of a dirge to me. Yeah, I wrote. Yeah, Lucky that this album's almost over because I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't like the song. This was the first song that they made to get them in the direction of where OK Computer went. It was originally written for an album. Uh, I think it was called Help Me for uh, war, the war efforts in Bosnia or oh, yeah. something. So it was written for another cause. And this kind of took them in the direction of OK yeah, Computer. Bosnia. Or I, so the next song, uh, The Tourist, is the album Closer. Which is the perfect. For this album, it's all over the place. There's all this different layering. It's heavily produced in a good way, I think. I'm going to contradict is, you a little bit. This is the perfect closer. Dude, I disagree. Fight, fight, you guys. Fight. I was in full slumber. I don't remember this song. No, listen. I like this album a lot, but I think the pacing is a little weak. Okay, maybe this He's song. He's telling you, hey, man, slow down. Yeah, okay. So maybe this Idiot, song is down. good as an album closer, but to have it preceded by Lucky and No Surprises Feels like the album just goes like a plane crash. <laughs> yeah, I mean not dramatically though. It just literally slows down. You know that song is about down. a plane. You know the song "Lucky" is about a surviving yeah. a plane crash. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit of a down ending to the album, and I don't mean moody. I mean down like tempo wise. And it, I, I mean, think it needed that though. The album song, in general needed to bring. All right, down. Jess, you're fighting us. <laughs> uh, I, I like that it feels sort of like a slow dance at a honky tonk kind of vibe. <laughs> No, I like that. I miss this. I don't even remember it. It's got the pacing of like an old couple in Levi's dancing. (laughs) Well, the inspiration to the song was American tourists trying to see everything in France. Yeah. And it's like, hey, idiot, slow down. Take the sights in. Musically, it has like a slow dance type of vibe. That's the point. Yeah. So I like the song. That's the point. And I guess I kind of like it as the ending of the album. I don't love it with the two preceding songs. Uh, All right, Kid A, we're moving on to the year 2000. 
Uh, it's crazy that we're only at 2000. Yeah, this, this band's is, been around forever. This is headed further down that digital electronic EDM path overall. Um, everything in its right place. I said, <laughs> I don't remember this song in my head. I'm trying to picture it. I wrote down, it's less annoying and less noise for noise's sake. And I don't remember what that means. <laughs> to me, this one has like a real trance-like vibe. There's yes. a lot of repetition. Yeah. There's a lot of phase effects. And the melodies and vocals just sort of like grow. And it feels like you're going down the rabbit hole. Interestingly enough, although this is more like electronic feeling, a lot of the instrumentation is made up of classic electric piano and old like Moog synthesizers. So it's kind of this, um, what do they call it? Like retro futurism. Mm -hmm. It's almost like what people in the 70s and 80s thought futuristic music would be like. What's the little bit of background into this album? The group as a whole was suffering from writer's block. Okay, and I can see that. they didn't want to put out another guitar album, especially Tom. Tom was just, he hated music at this point. The only thing he was listening to. <laughs> I'm so in a huge rock and roll music. band and I hate music. <laughs> like he hated burnt guitar. Out. He was burnt out. He hated mm. guitar music. They toured for like forever. And he's kind of a sensitive guy. <laughs> I, I don't want to put anybody down. But Tom, you're a sensitive he's guy. He's kind of a creep. He's kind of a he's weirdo. A weirdo. <laughs> you know, but... They decided, well, at least Tom did. He was listening to like a lot of Apex Twins mm. or Apex Twin. I I tried to listen to them. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he wanted to, the best way that I saw that he described it, he said he wanted complete ignorance of the instruments that he was using. So he didn't know how to use any of these. None of them knew how to use any That's of these That's how I've been making music for 20 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just sit down with the thing and try to make sounds with it. Exactly. And I think I like it that. took two years for them to re- like put together an album. And they almost, they almost possibly broke up during this time mm. because they're three guitar players in a band. And this album doesn't have a ton of guitar. Yeah. There's... Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, the national anthem. It's catchy... While being a weird soundscape, yes. like it's it's confusing to my brain, and it's less of Tom York Tom Yorking. Mm-hmm. Um, just <laughs> he's not doing that thing that Jimmy loves so much. And there's just like these weird ass horn solos at the end, and it the all feels section. like organized chaos. It's just anarchy yes. in a song. Yes, it's a national anthem for our time. I like it. Yeah, it's it's a bit much for me. I get what they're doing. Uh, it's Dan got and I the, are very different people. It's got the the walking. <laughs> it's got the walking baseline and percussion of like freeform jazz. Yeah. Um, I it don't was know. inspired by Bitches Brew. Is that um? That's like Miles Davis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot. They had taken a lot of inspiration from bands and artists that they loved, and you could kind of. I tried to listen to Bitches Brew. I'm not a jazzy person. Neither am I. But I could hear the references. Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna listen to jazz, it's like the opposite side of jazz, which is like really like tight and like planned and stuff. This stuff just feels a little too like play whatever anything is music. Uh, but how to completely disappear how to disappear how to disappear completely uh this one lyrically is really interesting to me um so you looked up the lyrics i i did nice look up some lyrics throughout this playlist uh but yeah this one it's about like denial in the face of tragedy i like the lyrics where he's talking about like i'm not here this isn't happening do you know that michael stripe from rem used to tell him stipe sorry oof Michael Stipe 
Wesley those are words Snipe. that he told him to oh, yeah? do while he was on tour when he was having like he's literally having a mental breakdown on the OK Computer tour, and that was something that he said to do. He oh, said, "Repeat after me." Another thing about this album, there's no lyric sheets. Oh yeah, with this album, there's no lyrics. It's just Tom York going. <laughs> well, no, what he did, and you guys are talking head fans, right? Jim. Yeah. So you know the album "Remain in Light." Mm-hmm. Do you know how they kind of came up Jim. with lyrics to that? They just like ad libbed and stuff, right? They took wrote the lyrics, ripped them up, yeah, and put them back together. This is what Radiohead had used that, and actually their song is like not their song. Their name is inspired by a Talking Heads song. Oh yeah. And they use that same concept of writing down words, phrases, lyrics, putting them in a hat and picking them out of a hat. So that's that why you like get pretty burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> so so for th- this song, not I was, this song, though, this song's not like I was that. listening to this song and I was like, the album seems like the same kind of thing. So I don't have too much to say about it just because it's like homogenous. But it's at this point that I realized and maybe it took me a little too long to realize it. But they were like, we got famous for making radio friendly rock songs. But now go f- yourself for doing whatever we want. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They did no pro- like no and um, i remember i'm trying to think of the word i remember this album cover and like this coming out when i was in high school so it's like it was still a commercial success right it, to their shock yeah like to I, their shock. I remember i don't know the music but i just know the imagery from this well they didn't put out any singles from this album they Those didn't do any pr- promotion pr- promotion for yeah. this album whatsoever Idiotech, um, we've sort of been towing the line of like EDM, yes. and this is like, let's jump over that line. And, yes. And this is the one like Jeff and Jimmy made reference to like his voice being an instrument. This song for me goes like way deep into that. Mm-hmm. Like it really doesn't matter what he's saying. There's no. a ton of compression on his voice. Um, I'm sure the lyrics have meaning, especially meaning yeah. that people ascribe to them. But it, this one really feels like his voice is like another melodic synthesizer. Well, at one point he's singing, this is really happening because they're talking. It's a song kind of about global warming and yeah. like a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> cool. Right. When he's singing, this is really happening. You can hear it in his voice. His mm. voice kind of like crackles a little bit. This is really happening. He's getting frustrated. And the song is still today. Yeah. You hear both sides. Why are you putting these anti-global warming people? Why are you even giving them a platform? This is like a cry out to media. Stop giving these people attention. This is really happening. Yeah. And it's also a fun dance song. Yeah, this song, this is like electronic drums, like really cheap sounding, like Fruity Loops, which I like. It's 2000. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But this is probably made on one of those old school analog drum machines. Also, I feel like I know this song. Like it's been in a lot of things. Probably. And it just feels like it's been playing in the background of my head as a soundtrack to many <laughs> points in my life for years. And it, it just like digs into your brain. Like it's mm-hmm. just like it's found its way home. Like a, a salmon jumping upstream back to his birthplace, <laughs> his hatching spot. I never really got into dance music. Yeah. And then like after I did a deep dive into this album, I found myself listening to more danceable I music. Like, like, da, 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 da. Right. And then the electronic parts like, wow. You know, it's, it's <laughs> good cool. One. And it's a good intro to a, uh, IDM music or intelligent dance music. I don't know why I had to say music. Motion picture soundtrack, self-explanatory. It's another song <laughs> that sounds like it should be in a movie. I kind of geared this playlist towards you guys, knowing that you guys like the solo yeah, work of Johnny I do. and Tom. I do. Yeah. So I picked the song for that reason. Yeah, it's, also, it's good. It's, it's fine. 
It's a good song. It's also in one of the clips I gave you guys to watch. Yeah, it yeah. feels like background music, especially like the way um, Tom's vocals are mixed. They're sort of like mumblecore kind of vibe. Um, it has a natural like ebb and flow to this song, like rhythmically. Reminds me of like waves going in and out. Um, that's very difficult to convey with as little percussion that's on this track. So just like the natural progression of the chord changes is enough to convey like an inferred rhythm, which is really nice. The haunting organ, the logos, uh, vocals, sorry. Logals. Sorry, words. You did a Jimmy. <laughs> and like the wind chimes. Yeah. Those it's are pretty. beautiful. It was um recreated, well, it was created to give like an atmosphere of like a 1950s Disney film. Interesting. I didn't have a lot to say about Pyramid Song, Jeff, did you? Yeah, it's just weird and droney. Jeff, we like... can't talk about every song. I told you this. No, but this one I thought you would like. Music Theory guys love this song. I didn't pick up on yeah, it. Yeah, it there's like, it it's It makes a very... pyramid. Oh. oh I, I even have a picture because I'm like, got I a can't, chart. There's I can't a guy describe right it. All right, Jess, whether you like it or not, these notes are going up on the Patreon. I don't know. I, I dig it. I like the piano and the strings and the horns and the sangs. It's haunting. It's just more, more in, yeah, this is going, it's further into that ambient stuff and that weird dissonance that Johnny Greenwood does that and I like now. This is Amnesiac, by the way. This is an album that came, that was, they wanted to it's combine great. both Kid A and Amnesiac into one album. Like, it was going to be one album. It was all going to be Kid A. They're like, that's too dense. Too many songs. So, like, this, eight this... months later after having Kid A come out, they sent out Amnesiac. And I wasn't sure. This was the one where I was like, oh, no. I don't know if I could put any songs mixed. I wasn't sure <laughs> if you guys would like this how dark it This sounds like trying to fall asleep and you can't. Yes. Like, the whole <laughs> It's very appropriately album. titled. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with Polk Pole revolving doors, <laughs> there's more weird electronic percussion and just random shit thrown on top of it. And yeah. I, I like it, but as background music. Mm -hmm. This is where I realize that I don't like this Radiohead album. Uh, this is going to be a no for me, dog, big time. Mm, I, I, wouldn't give, I like it. I, like I wouldn't give up on this album. There are better songs. I picked this one because I wanted to break up the playlist a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, all, just, just, just I around, imagine this is what's in David Lynch's head. Just to round out the album, Life in a Glass House, from the three songs he gave us, this is jazzy, and I don't know if Dan likes this type of jazz, but it's like... It's muted, kind of like an old radio with Tom York just making noise over it. At this point, yeah. I don't consider him a vocalist. I just consider him a noisemaker because he just goes like, ah. Um, no, dude, there's there's <laughs> melody. No, he, yeah. he's, it's sort of he's sleepy fine. and yeah. groany. Uh, I do like this one better than their earlier. I really like jazz. the horn section. It sounds a lot like Beirut in the way that it's played and produced. If you listen so, to Beirut, I believe the guy they I think believe Johnny reached out to Humphrey Littleton. Oh yes, Humphrey Littleton. <laughs> of Littleton Apparently, he's a very famous jazz musician in the UK, and he helped finish the ending of this song. It makes sense. Yeah. It sounds like legitimate. It doesn't sound like guys trying it's, to do jazz. It's a blues funeral. A New Orleans blues funeral song. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it, I, I like those three songs a lot. This shows up in the video playlist, and I think it's apt. Before we watched any of the videos, my notes are that this feels like it could exist in a smoky CD bar in a noir film. Yes. And that's kind of where it shows up in the videos. Yes. And um, I do have to give a shout out because fans will hate me. Knives Out is a great song, but I didn't add it to this playlist because I felt like it would be too dense in the middle. Okay. Two plus two equals five might be my favorite Radiohead Hail song. Hail to the thief. Also, sorry, Jimmy. F*** 
George Bush. Yeah, this is yeah, the I was going to say that. George Bush album. It came out in 2003. I was like, is this about George W. Bush? But his paintings are so fine. <laughs> to me, this feels like a very cohesive amalgamation of previous Radiohead sounds. Yeah, and it, it steps back a little bit it from where it was heading. And the songs are more structured and they're more like, quote, it's like, hey, normal can we songs? use these electronic elements in a rock song? Yes. And I feel that they're very it sound Yeah, them. because it doesn't so, sound like just things thrown into an industrial ceiling fan anymore. <laughs> I'm so like happy songs. you guys feel that way because that's how I felt when I listened. I would have added more songs from this album, but I gave you an hour and a half long concert to yeah. watch. And it was yeah. for Hail to the Thief. So there's a lot of songs on there from this album. So two plus two equals five. At first... I thought it was kind of boring, but then I thought it was kind of rocking. Yeah. Like it, it definitely picks up. Picks up. And it's still doesn't a little itself. annoying. Lyrically, it's really interesting because he's not just saying like these people are dumb and they're wrong. He's he's conveying like something that is really scary, which is the assurance that you're right in the face of being in the vast minority. This song, this album in general, is about the rise of fascism. Yeah. So yeah it's interesting it's also like a deep 1984 orwellian mm-hmm. reference yep which orwell's my favorite author they're so. there um i don't i don't know when i was listening to this all i could think of was that because you, because like, you, because you step back from like that weird crazy stuff that radio had built up for 10 years it felt like a watered down caricature of Radiohead. Oh, disagree. No. Hard disagree. Okay. The reason why I picked this song, Tom Jeff Dirk just was, says no. Yeah, no. I said okay. So I didn't say no. Jeff, no, I, I said, said yes. Oh, Jess. I just said Jeff. <laughs> See, I answered a, I answered a Beth too. All right, Beth, settle down. So when I think it was Tom York, like what was he was talking about? What his favorite produced song was, and it was this song. And I think mm. this song is mixed beautifully. Those drums in the beginning, like those mm-hmm. tom-tom drums. Yeah. Oh. It's a murky lullaby. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of lullabies that grows. in this album. And uh, when the distorted guitar and the snare drum kick in in like the last third of the song, it's it's a ripper. Uh, it has that sort of like we're going down the rabbit hole and getting deeper. Lyrically, really interesting. It's about the facade of things that seem beautiful but are as- actually like leading you astray. Uh, it's about temptation. You know, those are some interesting topics. One of the lines is, just because you feel it doesn't mean it's there. And yeah. in my head, sometimes I say, just because Dick says there's nukes doesn't mean they're there, Bush. <laughs> I don't know. I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> Jess is make, writing Radiohead fanfic in her head. <laughs> I am. Uh, weird fishes slash arpeggio yeah. from the band that loves arpeggios. But Here's guys, more of arpeggios. You guys, it's in rainbows. Yeah, in this rainbows. Album. This to me was all of Radiohead's signature sound smashed into one album. Yeah. I love this. This is up there. I almost put this whole album on there. Mm-hmm. But I picked songs from it to show kind of a sexier side of Radiohead. Ooh. The seduction, yeah, which so you didn't those, hear those in any other album. So sexy. This song um, is like over. I I like this song a lot. Yeah. Um, it has a quick, catchy drum beat and like really mellow guitars. It's just a song to vibe to. So I'm gonna make a a hot take here, which is fans of Radiohead or fans of like very artistic music who you know maybe aren't into Radiohead like Jeff or whatever. They could listen to this and be like, oh, that's cool. I love the layering. I love the production and stuff. They would also talk massive shit about U2. And this could be a U2 song. 
I think t- I forgot when it was, but they used to say that Tom York has Bono range. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like a U2 song and like so many people would like shit talk that I feel U2, like. man. But you know what? Sometimes it's kind of nice to listen to. It's good. I like it. And again, arpeggios are sort of a signature guitar move for them and to embrace it is is cool i like yeah, it like and this slowly album, builds into this wall of sound yeah and this album is kind of like um it's a mature album for them yeah it, the topics are very mature topics like kind of middle-aged dads who still want to get their funk on <laughs> <laughs> i'm raising my hand yeah <laughs> Um, all I need. Ooh, this is like a, a weird, like electronic bass. It's kind of like, uh, you guys ever see Muse on Saturday Night Live? Yes, they had a bass, but there was no strings. It was like a digital, bass. like a screen on there. Ooh. It was like a MIDI. It sounded like it was like wom 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 wom. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's this- such a very chill song. And it's sexy. Oh, it is a sex. Yeah. Ladies that listen to the pod. <laughs> yeah, Jess told I'm me I'm finally before. here for you. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I'm here to talk about male sexiness for the female listeners. I'm sorry, but this is when I was like, oh, Tom York is a sex symbol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand women's brains. <laughs> that voice and... In the song, he's like yeah, talking about. Voice. He's oh, yeah. like talking about his like utter devotion to this person who kind of is you know i think it it's all, from the all lyrics, he needs it's, it's all he needs well, I mean, it's, it's all he needs he's in a hot he's like it also feels in a like car. unrequited love though too yes she's not reciprocating and you know what? it's interesting that you think he's such a sex symbol because while watching the videos i was like oh this guy looks like steve jess's boyfriend <laughs> don't say that oh my god i made a joke like you that. have a type and he was so upset guys guys my wife doesn't listen to this, so i could say it I one time said that she looks like Chelsea Clinton and she got very <laughs> mad at me, but it's also kind of true. I've heard you like, talk about how hot Chelsea Clinton is, so that's fitting. I do very much have a type. Young HRC. There is no doubt in that. Yeah. Steve's hair is also great. Tom's York hair is also great. <laughs> Pokemon go to the polls. And also this album is some of Tom York's best vocals. I don't know if Jimmy listened to it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, I can I'm agree sorry. with that. It's honestly, it's it is, yeah. If you were to go back, I think you might appreciate he, the, he won't. the vocals. Okay, he's, he's uh, yeah, checked I think he, out. He's you checked don't know. Out. All right, maybe I'm a yes, Jeff. I have. <laughs> he just laughed. Wait, did I you have, say Beth? I have some interesting takes on the next song, House of Cards. Uh, this is very interesting. Uh, lyrically, it's pretty straightforward. It gives you vibes of like he's trying to convince this woman to leave her troubled relationship uh, and be with him. He has his whole house of cards, too, you know? Yeah. Well, musically, they're doing some really interesting stuff. This song is like a lot of fancy stuff built on the structure. uh, No pun intended, house of cards. But it's built on the structure of a traditional 12 bar blues pattern, which sounds fancy, but it's something you all know about. It's every blues song that you can ever think of. Uh, And it's like... Even lyrically, it's mimicking that classic like one one three one pattern, which is like mm. uh, Maggie's Farm. Like I ain't gonna work on Maggie's Farm no more. I ain't gonna work on Maggie's Farm no more. Then it changes, and then I ain't gonna work on Maggie's Farm no more. So the two first verses do that type of thing, which is kind of cool because it shows that like they knew what they were doing. Like they were structuring this song as like a modern day blues song. So Johnny in the band is the one that's like the music theory guy. Like he went to school for it. He I can see that Tom York, I believe still does not know how to read music. Yeah. So that's fun. 
but you don't need to know how to read music if you play guitar to understand like how blues songs go together like jeff doesn't know what a 12 bar blues pattern is but if i told him like hey do like a blues song you probably yeah could. exactly do you guys feel like you get swept away in the song like he literally is talking about getting swept no under cool. The table. cool guy oh masons am i right (laughs) (laughs) jeff's mad because a big truck drove by no i mean i like this one i I couldn't really get out of my head because i was like so fascinated by like to me for a band like this that's this that's this artistic and creative i i had mad props that they wrote a song based on this type of pattern and i couldn't get out of that headspace i'd be like oh they're doing the thing every album is different but yet still radiohead the last song on the playlist, yeah. Jeff. I love the sound of the guitars in this mm-hmm. one. Body snatchers. I think that the sound in this song and this album overall is just very full and immersive. Yes. And it just pulls you into this this like world, this floaty kind of universe. And Jeff, listen to that tempo, baby. This band can rock. <laughs> I mean, we're I over 90 not... beats per minute here. <laughs> this may not, like, I didn't know how to end. So I had to think about how to end this playlist. And I'm like... I need to put another three rock albums song. ago. Yeah. Am I right, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy! I didn't say it, Jeff. <laughs> no, this is a fun one. I I think the guitars sound great. Um, it's interesting to hear them tackle imposter syndrome because I could see that mm-hmm. being something That's that affects my life. Them. I've been living that for two like, years. I don't belong here. Oh, I I had anxiety about this last song because I want a fan favorite is Fifteen Step which is a great opener of an album Mm. and it's a great song and it has all sorts of fun like theory stuff music theory there's different there's the four four this one's like seven something i don't know (laughs) seven something (laughs) it's seven eleven and it's like starts off like clapping and stuff yeah but this song i was like i need to end this with a rock song because they're still they're a rock band yeah they're college rock and it's okay it's fun and it's a great jam. I think that's a good way to transition into the videos. I want to tackle oh, yeah. the videos a little bit out of order um, because you're talking about how deep down there's still a rock band. Well, you you asked us to watch uh, a live concert. It's Glastonbury from 2003. This, to me, proved that at their core, they are still a rock band. They're a yes. rock band that experiments with other genres and things like that, but live this very much feels like a rock and roll you know even at at points like a punk punk band Mm -hmm. um the guitars come through more i think in general his vocals are a little bit more gritty and raw um we watched the whole concert we're not going to go song by song here no absolutely not i didn't take any notes but i did watch it at work yeah do you have any thoughts yeah i mean it's as an hour and a half thing it's good overall i like radiohead more as being in the background, which is not a bad thing because you experience music in different ways sometimes. And there's, I'll get more into my final pushes as to why, but like you also see in this, like, yeah, it is more like driving this performance, but you also see, like you guys mentioned before, you do this in a studio. Can you pull it off live? And you can like people like Johnny Greenwood's running around doing weird stuff. He's playing there's the different guitar. instruments. There's <laughs> like weird sounds they're making. Yeah. And that's impressive, but it also still sounds good. It, yeah. It's surprisingly tight for the amount of stuff that's going on. Even just having three guitar players. I didn't realize Tom York was as much of a guitar player as he is. Mm-hmm. So just having all three guitars working together and having it not sound sloppy in a live setting is difficult. Um, 
they pull off this interesting thing, which I wouldn't have expected before this episode, which is that they're able to feel somewhere between a punk band in a small club and a huge arena rock band. There's a couple things about this video that jumped out to me. They're all interesting and they're a good live band. But to me, uh, Tom York, even though he's not the traditional front man, He's very like enigmatic. Like you can't help but be drawn to him. And like, what's and he those doing? Sexy dance moves. Oh, also, so I didn't know He's that seasoned. bands had hour and a half slots at Glastonbury. I thought that it was just like festivals. They have shorter slots. They're so, like weirdly huge in England to a point that Americans. They are very British band. Yeah, their humor, their sound. It's very British. Drive. That's why Jimmy. He's like. He's like. We fought a war over this. I don't. I will this. say that Tom York was like. Oh, this is cool. I don't get the Fred Armisen impression. And then he goes full Fred Armisen oh, yeah. in Idiotech. Uh, well, to not to go by song by song, but the songs that you heard off of Kid A that they played live, you saw what he was doing with his voice yeah. with the horn. In, like you hear the horn instruments in the in the CD or the album. But they don't have the horns live. But Tom yeah. is, I think the word is scatting. Yeah. Scatting. He's, he's like doing like crazy scat voices. And it's to me, kind of the horn section of the song. The standouts on this concert were two plus two equals five, which is really good. That was the second song. I know, but it's great. <laughs> it is. Uh, a few of the early ones are like my favorites. Lucky, I thought was much better live yes. than on the album. I agree with you. Uh, and fake plastic trees and just were like great in mm-hmm. this. Um, I also love that they, I mean, they didn't play Creep, but they're like, they won't. encores are like their biggest hits. So it's like, if you liked our set, okay, we'll play these songs that you like. I don't think they played Creep for like 20 years. Yeah, I've like heard that. They finally ended up playing, I think 2018, they played it because there was somebody in the fan, like front row screaming, play Creep. And they're like, this is a real depressing song. And yeah. then he goes in, he can still hit that note in Creep that like, the, Yeah. <laughs> But you right. guys didn't like the song Street Parade, or you like Street Parade. Jeff likes Street Parade. Mm-hmm. You didn't. I didn't dislike it. I just it didn't did you, blow me away. Did it give you a different feel? Had like how the fans and the crowd reacted to hearing because it was the last song that they played. Yeah, I was surprised that it was like as big of a deal with those fans as it was. Oh yeah, like when he started along. the first opening note, they were like, Wah! and I was like, really? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Paranoid Android was the first video on the playlist. This hit me in the nostalgia bone very hard. It's a Dr. Katz music video. Yeah, (laughs) it is. But also, this is something I forgot existed. Yeah. Because, like, growing up when I did, when MTV was your... Was, was your was your real dad that was the cool channel well you see and i don't know if it was just like on beavis and butthead or if i just like saw it but like i remembered that kid in the purple hat i was like holy yeah. shit this is a radiohead thing yes it is and it was just like such yeah, a I'm weird pretty sure this vi- exact video was on beavis and butthead yeah like this video is so what i refer to as liquid television era of mtv mm. just like weird animation pushing is- limits pre-adult swim just really cool weird stuff this is a real tv show in, in like uk like sweden this oh, is oh really yeah it's it's called robin and i watched a couple episodes that to makes sense so they just like cut stuff out of it and made it into the video no this whole this whole thing that you watched was made by carl uh, no, magnus carlson that's and, the most swedish name of all time <laughs> you guys i had to look up how to pronounce it i watched many videos of his name being pronounced <laughs> and <laughs> I feel so bad how much work Jess put in this and Jimmy's I like so I much. quit. <laughs> Stop so rubbing it in. This cartoon Stop music squeaking. video 
the guy locked himself in a room for 12 hours listening to just this song and staring <laughs> out a window and that's how he came up with the cartoon for this song that's they funny. did not give him the lyric sheet oh. so the lyrics have nothing to do with the video yeah it's interesting it's, it's all about it's mood. that sort of animation style where everyone's like kind of gross and, mm-hmm. and weird it's and... so 90s yeah like very 90s it nostalgic is. i know you guys like cartoons so that's why i picked this one i like cartoons I like cartoons. <laughs> jeff what did you think of jimmy you didn't watch any of the videos okay go back to sleep <laughs> no he's tweeting i'm getting notifications jimmy fitch retweeted tweet. you retweeted i didn't retweet oh, whatever okay. jim as you know friend of the pod i don't take any disrespect <laughs> jeff what did you think of nude I accidentally didn't watch that. I'm looking at the oh. list right now, and I didn't watch it. It's not guys, even played. I have a- it went from Paranoid Android to Glass. Well, that's so bad, because I didn't have a lot of positive takes on this particular video. Well, I did this me. one for the ladies. Oh, It wasn't for cute. you guys. <laughs> yeah. It was for the ladies. We all win. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's a really interesting performance. It's stripped down. It feels like it's, it's from the basement, is what the series is called. It's a whole concert. This is a clip from the concert. It's a very intimate... Yeah, there. It's very up close and personal with them from songs from In Rainbows and some other albums. I picked this song because, well, well, the song actually <laughs> they wrote this song years ago body. and they finally like perfected it. But there's a moment of the song, and I wish you watched it, Jeff, because it's fucking. It's, sorry, Jimmy. It's really <laughs> kind of sexy and like hilarious. <laughs> His eyes are closed for the most of the video, and he's singing really like soulfully yeah, yeah. into the microphone. And then, just at the right second, the song—I forgot what he does, what the song music goes to—but he hits a high note, and then he just picks his head up and oh, he God. looks at you. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> looking at Jess while she describes this. Sorry, he looks at you with, you know, Tom York essence. I've never seen you be this feminine. You're all flushed, fellas. <laughs> Girl had to get a bucket and a mop. (laughs) That's so funny. It was. I didn't get those feelings. Uh, I thought Johnny Greenwood's guitar playing was really impressive. I thought the song was a bit boring. The performance was really good, though. And I think that's what you want out of these types of things. If you're going to do like a stripped down, like intimate performance. It's a great concert to listen to and watch. And like make sure everything is perfect and also feels like you're in the room with them. And I Mm -hmm. think they accomplished that. I just. Oh, he was in the room with me. Yeah. (laughs) I I just didn't love the song, but. uh, The reason why I think it's important to watch Radiohead with movie clips is because you may not like the albums, but you really have to appreciate how they can write a song of Radiohead's into a movie. Yeah. Yeah. They pick Radiohead songs for those gut punch moments or those barely barely noticeable sublimity imprint stuff on you that you don't realize is being Mm. imprinted on you. Mm. And then directors use it to give you an emotion that you can't get from just watching Mm -hmm. a scene. And yeah. Yeah. I love, I love whenever there's a movie or whatever and they pick like the perfect song for it like well, it, it just Radiohead especially is Westworld because Westworld did this thing where they took pop songs oh, and made them the like symphonic timing and yeah. orchestral or however yeah, whatever style too, yeah. Um, so yeah that was cool alright so I have a couple final thoughts and uh, we'll see if Jeff and Jimmy have any yeah I have some then Jess can give us a, a final push so um I think this band is really all about the balance of emotion and technology. Um, 
and I think that can be reflected in the real-world balance between their performed instruments and their electric sounds, electronic sounds. Personally, I think that balance works better when it leans towards live instrumentation and more heartfelt emotions. Um, I think the integration of the two is better than the... The sum of that integration is better than them individually. In other words, like the stuff that feels like an electronic album, I didn't dig as much, but I also didn't just love like the early stuff that felt like a rock or a punk band. I think uh, when they're mixing that, but still relying on like their musical talents is where Radiohead succeeds the strongest. Um, For me, there's a very fine line that this band has to walk between repetition which can be entrancing and uh, evocative of exploring a larger world and boredom, uh, which can, you know, can happen when you're like going down that path. Um, For me, sometimes it succeeds and balancing that and like transcending that plane of like music taking hold of the subconscious emotion. And sometimes it doesn't and it just becomes monotonous. So to me, that's what this exploration of Radiohead has been about. Um, When the songs work, they're sweeping and emotional and engrossing. When they don't work, they're sort of like forgettable, like elevator music or background music. Um, It's been hard to uh, it's been a hard band to break into because for the most part, the songs aren't like catchy. Like you said, there's not a lot of choruses. There's not a lot of sing along type stuff. Um, but I thought watching them live was definitely helpful. Uh, it's fitting that they've contributed so much as a band to film and TV because their music when it works is emotionally evocative, but also doesn't need to be like focused on. It can just convey mood and tone. So yeah, I wrote that out and I read it because I thought I did a good job writing. <laughs> you it. did read it. Um, this, this is very hard to discuss this entire episode. Um, Cause like, I like instrumental bands like Pelican explosions in the sky. And so I watch from far, the list goes on. I like Maserati. I like them so much. In fact, they're like, my Spotify end of the year results every single year because I just listen to them as background music, as sleep music, but I would never do a talk of me into episode on it because there's only so much you could say. That's why I was having difficulty throughout this. Same. Yeah. And um, Tom York's vocals do annoy me. I have to side with Jimmy on this. I'm taking a, a stand on oh, that. No. I I understand what he's doing. I get that he does it well. I just don't really like it overall. And I would like them a lot more uh, if Radiohead was instrumental, which is why I think I F with Johnny Greenwood soundtracks a lot more because it's it's the weird stuff without Tom York. Um, And my last question for you is they've been around for like 30 years, but you only gave us 14 years worth of music. Do they get worse after 2007? I feel like they they hone in on sounds that you might like more because I do hear a lot of amnesiac in King of Limbs. Right. Very King of Limbs is a. Hard, I'm still talking myself into King of Limbs. So this I is, appreciate it, but it's a mm-hmm. it's a hard album to get into because it's very digital. But live, it's very organic. It's mm-hmm. very hard to mm-hmm. explain, and I th- I'm not musically inclined enough to get deep <laughs> into it, and it scared me, and that's why I didn't really put much on it. Well, this is a good point to jump in on a moon shaped pool because 
My, what head, just my headphones, happened? I yawned Jeff and my headphones just seized, just fell off. <laughs> um, I'm so, like sweating sitting on Andrew myself. <laughs> so I feel like uh, from what I know about Radiohead, which is a moon-shaped pool primarily, they have gotten more into like ambient score type music, less yeah. like pop vocal stuff. And a moon-shaped pool definitely has a lot of songs that feel like Johnny Greenwood and Tom York. It's more like a soundtrack m- stuff. Yeah, it's definitely more of that. And it's moon-shaped like a score pool. to a movie that doesn't exist. And also, I feel like there's a lot of emotional depth in moon-shaped pool that I don't know if I could describe. There was, there's a, a big, lot like, going on in that album. Divorce, and then his divorced wife died. But he said that he didn't put um, his emotions and that had no input on the album. But I don't believe him. Yeah, like I, I don't. Think even if it didn't come through lyrically, like that album is moody AF, like just music wise. Yeah, and Dan already said that he didn't vibe with it. Yeah, so... it's not my favorite, but Jeff might really love it because it I feels might. more like a score. Mm, I might. Yeah. I was it was, I was Jimmy, intimidated by those last two albums. All right, Jimmy, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> we already know yours. I st- I still I'm sorry, do have Jimmy. overall thoughts. Oh, you have absolutely <laughs> no reason to be sorry. I'm sorry. Um, honestly, what Radiohead Jeff was saying, should apologize to Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I agree with Jeff about having it be really good background music. And um, the I think the problem with this is that it makes me feel dumb uh, because <laughs> because obviously there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of layering. There's a lot of like metaphors. There's a lot of soundscapes and stuff like that. And I think that I do agree it's music that would be really good in, in like a movie or a TV show or something like that. Obviously you uh, did that. You gave the playlist I, and stuff that I, I did to try watch. to mix it up so that, no. you know, for things that you might be more interested in, right. you kind of see the uses of Radiohead and it's right. kind of part of my final push. Okay. I gotcha. Speaking of final pushes, why don't you give us one? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so my final push is I feel like every Radiohead song is a film within music mm. there's the exposition the rise in action the climax the falling action and then a resolution and i feel like their albums are also like that so it's it's very much album music mm. a playlist is mm. hard to put together unless it's like your the songs that you really like to hear you really do have to sit down and listen to it and i kind of took a risk putting all of okay computer on the playlist but i kind of wanted you guys to get the feel of the experience of a Radiohead album, and I felt like OK Computer was one of the best examples of mm-hmm. their way that they put together an album and how consistent it is and cohesive. Um, their music is timeless. Even lyrically, it's still... You still feel it today. All the things that Tom York said back in the early 2000s, late 90s, it's still happening today. And in you the can words still of Baba connect. Booey, it holds up. It, yes, it holds up. And... Even if you're not interested in the deeper dives, I like literally wrote that down. It's <laughs> good. It is kind of good background music, especially when you're trying to be creative. Mm. They are a very creative band. And the way that they approach albums is they go into an album having no knowledge of how to do something, how to work with an instrument. And they practice, 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 and they push themselves to go all out and possibly fail. Not everybody loves Kid A. Not everybody loves OK Computer. There's still albums later on that people are still trying to talk themselves into. But it's a very creative thing to listen to while you're trying to be creative. Yeah, I think we're ready for the question. 
Oh, I'm so nervous. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm a gross, smelly, sweaty person. I'll turn Same. the air conditioner up after this episode. Oh, you'll be leaving. Now, so. So, <laughs> so, my bad. You guys yeah. want me to sweat. Um, So, fellas, except Jimmy. Yeah. Did I talk you into Radiohead? Yo. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Obviously, I thought that was coming. But I'm I'm a hard yes. Hard yes. Wow. I'm so excited. What, what I have learned these last... I'm surprised. Hold on. I'm surprised about Jimmy because I actually wrote down some notes that you would like the fact <laughs> that Radiohead had a lot of... Like, the way that films are with the rise and expose... Like, their songs are very... Cinematic. Very cinematic and very theatrical. Jeff. Yeah. You're a no. I'm a no. But first, I want to say... Over the last few months with Talk Me Into, Dan, I, I realize that Dan and I are very different people. Our, <laughs> okay. our tastes in music have shifted drastically because it's just like whatever we we just don't like the same things anymore, Dan. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, this this is a tough one because I don't hate it, but I also don't like it. It's just kind of there for me. Wah, wah. So there. like, I don't I listen to this playlist probably more than I listen to anything else we've ever done on this podcast. And I still am unable to form like a real connection or opinion. Cause a lot of times, like I did listen to the concert at work. I didn't pay like close attention to it. And I was like, it's great music for that to just yeah. be on in the background, not pay attention to. I fell asleep to this playlist multiple times. I can see um, that. It's very exciting. like at least three or four times I fell asleep to it. And as I was listening to it, to try to take notes, I kept not being able to focus on it. And like, I don't, I don't know. It It's just such a weird, it's the weirdest playlist I, we've ever done. The weirdest topic for me. Cause I still don't know how I feel. I might've almost been a yes. Cause like the in rainbow stuff, I, I liked a lot more than the earlier stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, some of my favorite times listening to it, like I said earlier was headphones walking in the woods by myself. This is a solo listen album. I wouldn't put this on for guests. It's or not Jimmy. A, not, not a great party <laughs> album, party playlist. All right. Well, that's Radiohead. Thanks, Jess, for <laughs> exposing us to that. Honestly, nothing makes me happier than making people listen to things uh, I yeah. recommend. We're going to talk about Radiohead in the future, you and I, and we're yeah. going to collect Radiohead albums. Yes, we are. So, and you know what? I still have hope, Jeff, that maybe there's an album that you'll go back to. I, I should let you. Probably not. But... Check out. <laughs> check out. Uh, why, why am I forgetting the name? A Moon Shape Pool. Maybe we'll probably not put that on while you sleep uh, next meantime, week next week next week begins five weeks of august is it next week already next week already wow. we are beginning which you may have heard us talk about in catching up number three our sketch comedy showdown round one and we already did the draft which will be available on patreon it's video where dan and i drafted our picks it's very funny you very should all join the patreon cool to jazz. watch it it'll be on youtube later just an fyi <laughs> uh jimmy so round episode one. one round one dan what is what did you pick for round one the number one seed of the draft controversial but it's very much in the cultural zeitgeist it's not but my round one seed is i think you should leave now or is it just i think you should leave i forget the title but it is good show on netflix <laughs> jim i'm gonna have you watch a few episodes of that and jeff it's going against seed eight mr show with bob and david uh classic hbo sketch comedy show bob odenkirk and david cross 
Bob Odenkirk is very much in the cultural zeitgeist <laughs> because of Better Call Saul. That's not why I picked it. But yeah, round one. It's going to be fun. It's going to be round fun. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. I wish you great fortune in the war. So to do come. I, because I like both shows. We all like all of these shows. That's yeah. why we had to draft it. Except not me, because I haven't done it. Because Jimmy will pick Jimmy the doesn't winner, know anything. He doesn't which even finish radio. Advance to the semifinals. Jess, as a fan of the pod, you're in the inner circle now. Yay. You must be very excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Jimmy's picking, I'm not watching. Oh, oh wow. That's great. I, I probably will, it. though. Sorry. <laughs> no shade. No shade. Do you know either of these shows? I've heard of Mr. Show, and I've seen clips of it, but I haven't done mm, okay. like a good You haven't watched down. I Think You Should Leave? I don't know if I have. Oh, oh it's zany. It's wacky. Okay. Uh, uh, in the meantime, Jess, do you have anything you'd like to plug currently? I'm a fiercely private person. I have a Twitter. It's all right. I don't really post much. You can find me under Radiohead com- in like the <laughs> Radiohead comments yeah. or uh, talk me into comments section. Yeah. What's your Twitter handle? It's Brit. Uh, I'll just spell it out. B R I T V A M. Brit. Britva. I say, I can't pronounce it. I got it out of a book. <laughs> I got it out of a Clockwork Orange book. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Jimmy, where can people find the pod? You can find the podcast at Talk Me Into at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com. Jeff, where can people find you online? People can find me on Instagram, posting pictures of people discussing fingernails, holding up magic cards, or sometimes Pokemon cards, or Yu-Gi-Oh cards, or other weird things I find online where people don't take care of their fingernails because they're gross monsters. At Magic the Clippening. Dan, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, tweeting almost exclusively about Radiohead. (laughs) At Danny underscore breakdown. <laughs> and uh, my band has changed their name. We are now Disqualifier. I don't know if we have a website at the time of this airing uh, or anything, but you can find us on Spotify much easier now. You don't have to do that whole old with an E thing. Just type in Disqualifier and we come up. Jimmy, how about you? Don't find me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talk Dead Into. To me. <laughs> what will we talk you into next? The longest episode we've ever Police. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Am I real what am I doing? Player. Untalk me into. I'm a I don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs>
being a professional. <laughs> I get emails doesn't... with like James. And I'm like, Ugh, that's I weird. get emails that say Jeff. And I was like, my email signature says Jeffrey. I don't know you. You will address me as such. <laughs> and it's not Steve, making nicknames. I'm the third or fourth Jessica. Mm or mm. Jess, Jesse. So right. I have the last pick of all the Jesses. I he calls me Jessica <laughs> oh, most of the time. Even like my email signature says Jimmy on it and I still get James. Yes. Yeah. Call me what my email signature says. Call me by my name and I'll call <laughs> me by yours. Uh I uh I really like throw people into a quandary cuz my email signature has to say like my full name, Daniel. Yeah. But I like sign it when I'm writing the email above that as Dan, so people are like, hello, Mr. Mueller. <laughs> I reply to whatever they sign, if they sign it as something. Yeah, that's something. a general rule. Like, if there's a Steve and he signs Steve, I'm calling him Steve. But what if right. in, what if I emailed you for my work email and it said, thank you, Dan, and then right below that said Daniel Mueller. I would call you Dan because you typed out Dan. Right. Okay. I like it. Yeah. This was way off. <laughs> this is going to be in the... Uh, I didn't even know we were yeah. recording. I thought we were just talking. We're recording. We're always recording, Jeff. Oh, no. Except for when you stop in the middle of conversation. I know. That was an, I was trying to mark it because somebody had to drop the F-bomb. Um, was it me? Nope. It was Jeff. Um, it, it's possibly going to be me a lot. It's okay. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to And I have this. a very oh, terrible vocabulary. Nothing to be nervous about. You're just in a room with three men that you kind of know. <laughs> it's fine. I honestly thought it was going to be freezing in here. That's why I wore long sleeves. So I'm like, these dudes are going to have the AC blasting. I'm going to be freezing. I should bring a blanket. <laughs> It's fine. All right. I'm going to start off the segment. Yeah. So we'll just have a casual conversation about stuff. Yes. Because I'm already um, like, ah. <laughs> we all don't need There's some songs I don't have notes on. Mm-hmm. Not many, but there's a few. So like, we don't all need to. Yeah. Jump, and I felt like going in. into this, like I needed to write down for everything. So I'm like, they're going to ask me something. And I'd be like, crickets. Right. Crickets. I guess I'm going to get real music theory. Yeah. I knew. Yes. I, plus, I just knew he would. So my notes aren't as deep as you. Because even with notes. guests, like no, you see, notes. I have. I'm not kidding you guys. I have pages Whoa. and pages. And wow. I don't think I'm going to talk about That's any fine. of this. It happens all the time. But I'm like, they're going to ask me something. And I'm like, I don't play music. <laughs> I just fucking like it. Well, send Sorry, that dude. over to me and we'll post it on the Patreon. And you. No. no. I am very. Yeah, that's the best. I put mine on there and they're really nerdy. I'm horribly dyslexic and I write how I read, which is bad. It's fine. And I'm nervous. Well, you don't have to if you don't want to. We're not Maybe. Gonna I don't know. Probably not. Secrets. <laughs>